0: Welcome to the Bull in the post truth Apocalypse, I'm Ben and as always I'm hanging out with Mike, Hello. Claire, hey. I'm Pete, Hello. today we're going to talk about the World War II German Nazi space programme, which we can't put Nazi in the title because YouTube suppresses it, and... YouTube suppresses it and you know, but yeah this is this is Nazi stuff, we're doing a history episode mm. on Nazis. What's <laughs> <a> space
1: programme?
0: <laughs> I just wanted to say Nazi. It's a conspiracy history episode because there's time travel as well. Mm. <laughs> we for a treat then yeah of course as always let's run through some of the top places that have been listening to us this week we've got quite a list but I'll start somewhere in the middle Stoke-on-Trent in the United Kingdom Queens New York to Taipei Taiwan Colchester in the United Kingdom uh, Charlotte in North Carolina Banja Luka in Bosnia Herzegovina New Plymouth in Idaho that's new uh, London in the UK Atlanta, Georgia; Springfield, Ohio; New City, New York; Bengaluru, India; Warsaw, Poland; Madrid, Spain; Bournemouth, Oregon; Brooklyn, New York; Guadalajara, Spain; and Ashburn, Virginia. Surprise, Yay. surprise! Is <laughs> top top ten? Thank you to everybody. <clears throat>
1: yeah, thank you.
0: Okay, let's get into it. I found this article. Um, you know, I'm like part of some weird groups yes. on Facebook. You're a weird man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, you're right. I'm proud of it. <laughs> He's yeah, just pointing at it and just.
2: I'm pointing at the fact I can't see anything because the mic's right in front of the screen you now. That's all.
0: I'm I, I,
2: I, I want to see. <laughs> I want to see. Yeah,
0: that's that that face. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> Can I have one? <laughs> so. I found this article, it was entitled, Astronauts of the Third Reich Travelled in Time from 1943 to 1990. I thought, looks like we're doing a Natty episode. Uh It's like, how can you ignore that headline? It reached out and grabbed me with my Uber nuts. It's a hell of a headline. It is. Obviously, World War II is the most terrible event in the history of mankind. Thus far. Thus far. And it should be noted that it was this tinderbox that largely served the technical advance of the 20th century. And yeah, sad as it sounds, a lot of stuff came out of World War Two. A lot of stuff. Not just weapons of death, the space programme for a start, came out of World War II. Pushed us forward, didn't it? The
1: rockets that yep. the Germans invented. Does,
0: that's
3: a problem. War pushes technology like nothing else. <clears throat>
0: Your advances in medicine, your advances in, in prosthetics, your advances in plastic surgeries. Are you better at armoured tanks? Yeah, things yeah. like that. Yes, true. Or an atomic weapon, as the Manhattan Project was.
3: Yeah, what's the biggest one now? Is it the Satan 2, is it? From Russia?
0: Satan Two, 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 <laughs> two, bigger, better, bolder, redder. <laughs> <laughs> It's still designed to kill us all. Yeah. But well, it's it's a city killer. That's a several multiple city killer because they all have multiple guided warheads, yeah, don't they? One more, one of them will take
3: out a giant city like London.
0: Gone. Maybe a couple. London's very big. I'm not about Greater London. I'm on about oh, the centre of London. Mm. Oh yeah, that's gone. That's vaporised. There's nothing left of that. Well, you're talking about
2: a 20-mile radius, aren't
0: you, in the blast zone? Mm, so. mm. hey, guided missiles came out of World War Two. Mm. And no matter how disgusting we are with all the misdeeds, the desire to become the first in various industries has remarkably accelerated development, including the space industry. Do you guys aware that Nazi specialists helped the US develop space science and military development? Are you aware of this, Project Paperclip? It's something I've heard of before,
2: but I've never delved into it, but... Claire. have
1: we done a bit about Project Blakely?
3: We discussed it before, I think.
2: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: In a nutshell, you've got the Allies in the West, Britain, America, Canada, Free French, etc., etc., Polish, whoever else is there, sweeping across them. But they stop at the River Elba. As far as they go, they let the Russians have East Germany, Berlin, because that was agreed upon. And the Allies didn't want to take the... probably. 100,000-plus casualties it would have taken to take Berlin. Yeah. So all the prominent German scientists who are fleeing because the Nazi state has collapsed have got a choice. They either go east or west. Now, personally, I'm probably going west, if I'm one of those guys. So a lot of them tried to flee west, and special squads were sent out to collect these guys, to round them up, because they're all known through intelligence. They know these projects because like, you know, they're firing these things at London. They're firing V2s and V1s at London. Who's designing these? We need to find out. We need to know before we, we bomb to, the place back to the Stone Age.
3: So basically, yeah, we gave them a pardon and said, if you come and work for us,
0: we won't execute. Yeah, uh, we, won't, we won't shoot you. That's seems yeah. <laughs> the most prominent guy of all was a guy called Werner von Braun, who was literally the father of NASA. Mm. Designed all the rockets, including the, uh, the ones that took man to the moon and into space. Mm. It was shocking because we forgave a lot of people for some heinous shit for their technical abilities and knowledge.
2: But at the end of the day,
0: they would have been probably forced to make these things in the first place. <clears throat> <clears throat> Werner Von Braun? No, he wasn't forced to make it. This was his. He loved rockets. He was a, a rocketry fan from when yeah, he was a child. That's the catch here. loved. or whoever?
1: No, the people they pardoned. You're mm it. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, like, like like the Luftwaffe and that
2: might well have been like, you make us these rockets or you die. And so he made them for him. He he
0: wanted to make rockets. This was his dream, to make rockets. He wanted to go to the moon and that was his thing. You. his ambition as a child was to build a rocket to go to the moon. My well,
2: point is, he might not necessarily have been an arsehole or a bad guy. He might have been forced by the Nazis to make the rockets for hey, Do you know what I mean? It's quite possible that... That's what I'm saying. That could he well saw, he saw
0: that we... as the best route, but he still became a member of the SS. Yeah, yeah. yeah he the... still knew that slave labourers were building his rockets and they were yeah, dying yeah. in their hundreds as they did it.
3: Well, I am sure think that a scientists. Of much of a chance yeah, I'm sure there were
0: scientists that were quite
3: enthusiastic about them as well. More You're
0: also like, looking really. at... people people like uh, guys who worked with Mengele Mm. they weren't doing it because they were told to they were doing it because they They fucking enjoyed it yeah
2: but there's got to have been a certain amount of them that weren't doing it because they wanted to they were doing it because they had to (laughs) yes
0: but in that sort of society the sociopaths float to the top
2: yeah
0: allegedly as early as 1939 I'm going to say allegedly a lot this article this is a fact I'm going to say allegedly Mm -hmm. The first manned flight of a spacecraft based on the V2 was made, however, the first tests failed and the device exploded at the time of launch. That's a possibility, timeline wise. They, would they forgot to take out the warhead of the V2 and just stuck someone in it and went,
2: see how far this goes! Oh shit.
0: <laughs> Probably something to do with the fact that the V2 had a, a liquid hydrogen mix, a liquid alcohol mix, sorry, and it was T Stoff and S Stoff. And there were two volatile chemicals that were mixed together, produced massive amounts of energy and rage. The problem is... Rage. Rage. rocket fuel rage. <laughs> uh, enough to lift a, a rocket with a warhead on the top of it. Rage. put one in first. You put the S-stuff in first, for example. And then a cleanup crew has to come in and literally hose down the entire area because if you get one fucking drop of this T-stuff into a drop of S-stuff... Yeah. On the floor, you've got a volatile reaction next to a an stoff filled rocket. Mm. It's very
2: similar to what we use now. In our torpedoes and rockets that we have as well even now our nowadays torpedoes are still powered in exactly the same way. Ooh. mad but it's it's slightly <laughs> different named products yeah <laughs> but I would imagine they're pretty fucking similar, and one of them if it it solidifies on when it hits air. If you stepped on a crystal of its, in its solid form, it would explode. Wow! And you would lose your foot, probably half your leg. It's so fucking dangerous. Not this oil, stuff. Yeah. If I remember rightly, it's probably an abbreviated name, and I think it was hop or hap. I can't remember now. Can't think of the other. One. I remember. The it's the same
0: thing. But, yeah, You get them together in a controlled shit, way and you can use it to make thrust. Yeah. You get them together in the wrong way <laughs> and you've got a very major problem on your hands. Boom. And three months later, they tried <laughs> that's again. That's <laughs> yeah. This time, the rocket was able to reach a height of 45 kilometres from where two pilots jumped out on parachutes. Oh, yeah. 45 kilometres? That's not quite space, but oh, it's yeah. getting very close. Higher the than one. Well, mm. it's 747, it sits at what?
2: 37,000 feet? So What's it in mile. miles? Uh, oh. How many? 40, what? 42? 45. 45, you're talking about 32, 33 miles? Something like that. It's about halfway to space, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck you, Depending you on parachut- your definition like, of space? Would you? you wouldn't want to parachute out of a jumbo jet at 37,000 feet.
1: I think so add
2: another eight to it. Mm. I think
1: space starts when you're starting to float in it.
0: No, no, you can get... I think them. some say it's 60 miles, and some say it's 52. NASA qualifies it as something like the 60 mark, I think.
2: Isn't it when the oxygen's no longer in the atmosphere, basically? That's when it becomes space, would it Would it not? Yeah.
1: My classification of space would be... You, you Just
2: above have, the clouds! No, you've got
1: floating, you've floating.
2: What if you're Superman?
0: Why if you're not. <laughs> Then you shouldn't be floating in space <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in a, in a, three months later they tried it again sorry a similar operation was performed three more times in 1940 and 1941 and each time with success the pilots returned by parachute and finally in 1943 the secret and greatest Nazi attempt was made Ooh. Mm. according to the chronicles extracted from the secret archives of the SD which was the secret police division under the third Reich under Hitler Okay. Uh, the testimony is unequivocal. Following personal instructions from Adolf Hitler, three of the best Luftwaffe pilots were carefully selected for space flights. i just say it's 62 miles. 62 miles.
1: That's NASA's definition, is it?
3: The Kármán line, yeah. 100 kilometres. Hmm. 330,000 feet. That's it's just like that Practically halfway to space.
1: Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Mm. So at, at that point, can you actually
0: float? <laughs> yes, I guess you would be, if you weren't strapped down. Because you would be, at that point... No, no, you wouldn't. The forces could make you float if you weren't strapped in, but you'd be strapped in for that. Mm-hmm. And you're being ejected, aren't you? Mm-hmm. What are you
2: thinking, like, jumping out of the plane with your parachute and just, like, staying there, like... What D-
0: are you down?
2: Yeah. Oh, shit. DB oh, Cooper, works.
0: he jumped out of a jet flying at 37,000 feet. His hmm. suit. Well,
2: it was that guy that jumped off the balloon thing that went up.
0: Yeah, but he had a space suit on, didn't he? Yeah,
2: but how high was he?
0: He was literally on the edge of space, because he he was in a space suit. You could so see would that, he would have
2: been at probably that kind of...
0: He'd have been as space. high as he could get without having to burn up in the atmosphere. Because you could proper see, like you could see okay,
1: like, picture, that yeah. of
2: the world,
0: couldn't you? So he was fish eye lens. Well, Sorry, Oh, that. you flat earth fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but yeah, I wonder how high that was.
0: Very very high. It was it sixty. It
2: that was my point. <laughs>
0: he was tethered as well. Remember, yeah. He was tethered so they did it three more times in nineteen forty 1940 and nineteen forty one. They've selected the three best Luftwaffe pilots for these space flights they're going to put guys into space inside. the Red
2: Baron we'll have him he is very good oh uh, uh, he died oh never mind
0: uh, <laughs> the training was carried out in the strictest secrecy for a year with the participation of the best specialists from Germany in occupied Europe there's also evidence that before the launch of the rocket into space a welcome telegram from Hitler arrived at the Peenemunde base in which he expressed his gratitude to the three pilots who were willing to sacrifice themselves in the name of the glory of the Third Reich. Uh A two-stage rocket designed for these pilots was built in the Mittelwerk Underground Factory, and its launch was planned for 1944, but due to the the turning point of the war, because it all started going to shit, the deadline was shortened considerably. Despite this, three military officers, Holtz Sigmar, Heinrich Woll and Schultz Feinberg, made a successful flight in the first man-made spacecraft Mm. now one would not be able to believe this if it were not for the documents obtained in 1944 near the Mittelwerk plant Soviet troops captured and further explored this strategic facility the fact is in addition to the construction of spacecraft this plant was engaged in the creation of an atomic bomb and V-shells which are the shells will be used in the V-3 vengeance weapon which is the London gun atom bomb is a creepy thing if they hadn't been so anti-semitic a lot of some of the leading physicists in the world were jewish at this time people like einstein Mm. if they hadn't been so anti-semitic the germans could well have had yeah an a-bomb first and they were really looking at it and before the war they led the world in atomic research and then it all seems to just fall away from them
3: they upset the wrong people clearly well it went tits up with operation barbarossa didn't it
0: well, there's that. But the, when you think of the billions they spent on some of these weapons, especially the V2, I mean, something like two billion marks, well, imagine if they had that to spend on tanks and guns and planes instead. And, you, and you, then when you think as well... Oh, all the A bombs
2: That was in the 40s. And then, oh.
0: <laughs> and then you, because you haven't really got a long-range heavy bomber, Germany never did develop one during World War II, you can strap yeah. it to that, because that, the V2 can take a tonne warhead. It's a one ton nuclear device on London. Yeah. Signara. Yeah. Yeah, World War II or, have been very different. Than more than that. likely, straight onto the fucking Russian armies outside of Berlin <laughs> or advancing on Berlin. You'd be firing as many as possible, wouldn't you? Has anybody read or seen the Man at High Castle? I've started watching it actually. It's good. Yeah, I'm a yeah. couple of episodes in. I Basically think I- the Nazis and the, the Japanese won the war.
3: Right. So d did only really had Europe. Yeah. Half of America.
0: They split America then. So it's based on Wolfenstein then? I never played it. Oh. oh. Wolfenstein. Yeah, to a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, Man <laughs> the High Castle came first.
1: Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, that's... pretty that, like a novel in pre-90s? the 60s. Oh, okay.
0: So Wolfenstein is yeah, based it's on that um, then, maybe. Philip K. Dick wrote it... Yeah
1: so it's just uh, plain old, what would
2: happen if, if it was the other way around, around.
0: Yeah. yeah but then you've got this cold war between Germany and Japan then yeah
3: because
0: they're still both highly militarised states and the US is split into
3: three so you've got the, the Nazi side the Japanese side and then you got the neutral zone in the middle which is like a shithole and, uh, yeah because the Japanese had,
2: at that point in the like 40s 50s the Japanese had like one of the fastest spends on militarising
0: no, the in, the world. Like, they, they, in the 40s and 50s, they didn't
2: in the 30s and 40s i was watching a timeline on it it
0: wasn't the 50s because they didn't have a military they have a defence force and they weren't loaded an army after believe, the second world war it, it, it you're was thinking later on as well from somewhere in the period between 1900 1890 something i mean they smashed the russians in, in 1905 It would have been up to <laughs> the end of the second <laughs> world war it was like up to the end of the Second won. world they, war they, they yeah mean, like they would High in the top ten, but they, there were they spent. They've just increased their defence spending. Actually, they. But well they. I think are, they
2: restarted again in like the ninety, like they, the late nineties, and that they started. They did
0: again. purchase stuff America to modernise, and now they've, incre- they've recently agreed an increase because of uh, North Korean aggression. I thought
1: you said Japan, like you know, I, I had. Very little
0: military. Yeah, it's it's been...
1: It's, it's quite a peaceful
0: place. Isn't it's, it? only, it's got a small military, but they're all very professional, because it's professionals only, I think. Um, it's, it was purely used as a defence force until the War on Terror, when the Japanese did deploy... Oh, no, sorry. First Gulf War was the first time Japanese troops were deployed, and they were only there to guard prisoners of war. They didn't take it. Part in mm. any offensive operations. Well, they, I, they
2: vowed not to, didn't they, after the Second World yeah, War?
0: I think they might have now. I'm not sure if they joined the war on terror or not. Mm. They must have done have something. They're part, they, well, they no, they part of, part of, the of C town.
3: Yeah, of course they are. Every country is, aren't
0: they? No, no not every country. Part of most, the UN. Most Russia certainly yeah. isn't. It is, yeah. yeah, Russia still is. Some of the Security yeah. Council? Yeah. It's got a veto. Yeah, it was one of the security camps or one of the big six. I'm pretty sure every country's in the UN. Yeah. No, there's a couple of tiny little oh, countries yeah. that aren't, but yeah. Say Sudan yeah, or I, what, something. I don't know. Well, why... Oh, I think it's a smart move not to have
1: military
3: defences,
1: because... No, they've
3: got defences, but they haven't got any military for attack.
1: For attack, right.
3: No, no offence. <laughs> but it negates that anyway, because... The
0: best form of defence is a good offence. Well,
3: no, because they let US troops into their country and bases...
0: Right. yeah I mean, Japan's been pretty much I think there's still troops there that, yeah. they've been occupied mm. it's an island isn't it it's basically a big US camp
3: Hokkaido mm. is it yeah I think so so
2: is it kind of the American military are their military <laughs> no they, <laughs> they they, they, they've
0: it, got a, a reasonably well, probably about 100,000 guys but soldiers they've got a lot of money they're US yeah. trained they're US equipped they're considered quite a decent force even though they never, they've never they got no experience I guess mm.
2: But it's the money they've got I think gives them a good advantage because they've
0: probably got fucking high tech stuff. Most of their kitchen I don't think they've got any native arms industry, to be honest, I'm not sure. I think most of that's just bought off America. They've
2: probably got like laser guns and shit, mate. <laughs> you know how far ahead they are in the
0: future?
1: <laughs>
2: They're probably walking well, around with like instant shields and shit that they just press a little button no, they're not, or...
0: no we're not that far but <laughs> this, in the 1940s though Nazi Germany is looking at sci-fi isn't it they wanted to put people into orbit and, and they're planning to build an orbital weapon they wanted to make a ray gun a big mirror in space with the yeah. fucking facing the sun and they just rotate it round and take out a city fuck huh? it's
1: a bit Austin Powers that
0: isn't it yeah well, well Austin Powers got their inspiration from these <laughs> yeah
1: Simpsons
0: as right here. What well, is Hitler. Simpsons yeah. did
1: it, Simpsons did
0: it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, none of this stuff ever got past the, the drawing stage. Luckily. But, it, but, if it was like,
3: as in Man High Castle, then it might have been, because they would have won the war. Yeah, they, they could have been
2: had... on the moon. Yeah, they'd have had the time to carry on with yeah. what they were... Yeah, what they were planning.
0: America got to the moon in 69 and they did get to the moon, regardless of whatever anyone says, they did get there. They had to pay catch up, even though they had the German scientists and the the captured V2s, they've still got to improve them more. They've been going a lot longer and you can guarantee they didn't give them everything gave them enough. But you always keep a little bit back, don't you? So, the Nazis could have been there in what? I don't know, by 1960? Might have been earlier, by 1950. Mm. If they'd have won. If they'd get into space at this point,
3: the logical thing would have been, yeah, what, mid
2: fifties maybe. You think how fast technology advances once you get to one stage, it's like the next stage, it's even quicker. Kind of thing, like, look, you need to look at mobile phones and computers and things yeah. like
3: that. and just think they'd have more resources. Yeah, they already had all these resources. Because they conquered Europe, it. for God's sake. And yeah, yeah, yeah. All
2: the
0: gold. Yeah. Yeah, all the plutonium, all the everything. All the science facilities they've captured. Yeah. The resources. Well, you'd, they'd be instantly...
2: Get all the research from each other country, wouldn't they, in that mm. sense? Like, they'd have yeah. their research available to them straight away. Well, like, yeah, wow. we'd not be
3: puppet states of the Nazi That would
2: have been scary, fucking hell. Yeah. Anybody that didn't have blue eyes, that could have been a thing as well. well I'm alright then. I'd have been alright. Blonde <sighs> hair, blue eyes as a baby, you'd have been alright.
3: Anybody <laughs> yeah. that doesn't. I was blonde hair, blue eyes, yeah. <sighs>
0: And you oh, went ginger. Right?
2: Ah, oh, you'd have been. Your neck would have just been snapped. Come out, your no, no, you. No, no,
0: no. You had levels of it. It's all about the ancestry. Mm. Mm. You know, they go back like 130 years. If you wanted to join the SS, trace your ancestry back. They had people that researched your ancestry mm. to make sure you had no trace of anything but pure Germanic blood. Mm. They used to do school shapes, Phrenology, which obviously was dismissed as nonsense you know the shape of your school determines your race and all that then this is the and there was like five categories of area and school shape and where you were on that list if you were number one you're fucking you're up there boy you're getting fucking you've got preferential treatment here and obviously shit you know you can get the you're top jobs as an you get all you'll be an officer. you're an officer and you're in the general staff and you're going for fucking you'll be one of the big boys one day and as it goes down you get the shit of jobs now, if you're like a five, then you're not going to rise as high in that society because you're not as Aryan. You might even have limits placed of a on your growth. breeding. <laughs> a bit of you, a who so you, then who then you could who you could. Mat- you, then. it
1: would just no. be you
3: know. Did he, did he kill you if you had an illness, a debilitating illness, mm-hmm. and you
0: like, so basically? Yeah. And, and of course, anyone who was homosexual, mental uh, illness, well. mental illnesses. They're gone. Yeah.
3: Blacks, they didn't like either. No, or
0: even or they though they did have some black troops in World War Two, they where, did. Where towards they the end, th- I'm
3: guessing.
0: No, were on the Russian front though. Yeah, yeah. Where,
2: how not they many. Used. How were they used? That's the question, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I mean, there where they wasn't they just pushed to the front. And go. Yeah, there here,
0: wasn't. <laughs> there wasn't many. It's only because Germany had East African colonies before World War One, right? And they lost them after that. Mm. And some of the black people. Emigrated to Germany. They felt more German than
2: people that were on their side in World War One. Went to Germany. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Basically. So World War Two, they did have a few, very few black soldiers Mm. floating around. Mm -hmm. But remember those astronauts who went up? Yeah. Right. Turns out they survived and returned to the Earth, but after 47 years, this is the conspiracy part of this tale. Ah. Okay. Right. In 1990, in the Atlantic Ocean, an American destroyer noticed an unusual object on the surface of the water. Inside the capsule, there were three people in strange suits, vaguely reminiscent of diving gear, with several layers of foil and thermal insulation. For some reason, there's a picture of a Nazi UFO there. <laughs> While on dry land, all three crew members came to their senses and they were immediately sent to a special centre for the study of near-Earth space, where they underwent a thorough check. Turned out that all three astronauts are healthy and feeling well. Of course, for them, returning to it was a shock, especially when they found out they were launched into space half a century ago. <laughs> they turned out to be German, but did not have any documents with them. On the capsule itself was a faded image of the Luftwaffe coat of arms or the black cross. Although at first the Germans were reluctant to answer all the questions, in the end they were forced to talk against the Americans, the enemy. At that point, aren't they? Like, oh no, we've been captured by the Yanks. Mm-hmm. Act 9, mm. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. We will not talk to you, American pig dog. Mm. Like, mate, it's 1990. You lost the war, like, 60 years ago. we really like the Germans now, come on. Mm. Like, what? Yeah, yeah, I had to... Oh, someone bring them a history video. We're mm. all friends, we're all, yeah, we're all buddies. We love your beer. We do
2: Oktoberfest and everything. <laughs>
0: yeah. Now, Holt Sigmar and Heinrich Voll claim that after entering Earth's orbit, a breakdown occurred and the compartment with Schutz-Fenberg was depressurized. His own capture was autonomous, but due to control failure, he was in a state of loss of control. And his trip was basically a free fall, and on the third day the men were exhausted, and they just fell asleep when they hit there. Uh, after the impact. Okay. <laughs> So how come nobody's ever heard of this before then? Well, these are unclassified documents from the USSR, of all places. Mm. They woke up when they heard a large ring in their ears and a green flash appeared before his eyes. Sorry, this is the launch. I tell you this is the launch. Which turned into a tunnel, and the capsule of the astronauts was literally sucked inside. Here's where it gets stranger. Mm. After flying for several minutes, they found themselves in the middle of a desert landscape. The sand was orange-red and there were two suns in the sky where they don't remember anything else. What Tatooine. Oh, my God. It <laughs> <laughs> went to Star Wars. <laughs> That's where the... Oh, no, Star Wars has been out at this point, 1990. Oh, was George Lucas fucking did the prequels off this guy's fucking visions. <laughs> How the German pilots ended up on Earth and why they didn't age after 47 years in space is a mystery. What is most surprising is that, according to the documents, that three people with these names are actually on the Luftwaffe list... And all three died, quote, while carrying out a secret mission. But the amazing oddities didn't end there. The sailors of the American destroyer, destroyer who discovered the German astronauts in the vastness of the ocean, found neither water nor food in their space capsule. They were eating alien
1: food, surely.
0: Mm. Or for them it was... Minutes. Minutes, and for us it was 47 years.
2: Well, I was going to highlight the fact that they said it was strange that they hadn't aged in 47 years. I was thinking it was strange the fact that they managed to survive in this little capsule
0: for 47 years. Mm. (laughs) They that food and water. And lack of toilet facilities. Mm. (laughs) After 47 years... That's a lot of poop. It is. (laughs) After returning to Earth, the astronauts began to age rapidly, though. Mm. Already in the year 2000, only Heinrich Vol survives. Only 10 years later, there's only one of them left. Okay, this is where it's getting into the realms of bollocks, isn't it? What's that film with Mel Gibson? Forever Young. Forever Young,
2: that's what that sounds like
0: to yeah, me. Yeah, he was in yeah. cryosleep, wasn't he? Mm. Did he age rapidly? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's
0: where it took this from, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> He was repeated. You mean the, the film took this from this? No, the round me. No, I think, yeah, think Forever Young was based on this.
2: They got the idea for this <laughs> article from the film. No, I think it <laughs> was the other way around. Sounds like there's a bit of Star Wars, a bit of fucking Forever Young. What was the other things that we've seen in there that could certainly be film plots? So, like A green were saying,
1: flash appeared, which turned into a tunnel. Like,
2: Stargate Bill and Stargate, Ted, Bill yeah. and Ted. <laughs> you said earlier on you were going to say allegedly a lot you haven't actually said allegedly much no, no, no. but I think I've been sucked we, into the story I, I think we've just summed this allegedly up with a really I've, good imagination I've been sucked into the story obviously the film buff who wrote
0: this <laughs> your brains have been sucked at your head oh on like the Riddler's device <laughs> yeah. me and Mike have been watching all the Batman movies brilliant I, I have watched the very first one.
3: Is this ready for the new one? The yeah. 1943 one. Oh, right. It's on YouTube. But yeah. I, I would say I watched it. I stuck about 20 minutes of it before he did, did you it. Did you watch the... Um... But it, it, back then, it, he was always called The Batman.
1: Mm.
3: He's never called Batman. He's always The Batman. And it wasn't the Bat Cave. It was the Bat's cave, for some reason. Mm. Really
2: bizarre. Did you um, watch the uh, film that Adam West did? no because they did do a film they did do they a did. film
0: you're right actually yeah. I've
2: never with... watched it but I know they did
3: a film is that one with the shark no that was
2: is
0: an episode, episode was I think yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but, um, he fights a shark on a ladder because everything is labelled bat isn't it he's, he's got his utility belt. he always balance. has a device for that specific shark thing spray, bat it? shark repellent yeah and, it had like, <laughs> and he sprayed it on it and it fucked off. <laughs> quality <laughs> The worst. But I have come to the startling conclusion (laughs) that the George Clooney film Batman and Robin is better than Batman Forever, which is the one with Val Kilmer. I think they're as
3: bad as each other. Val Kilmer's
0: definitely the worst Batman. See, I disagree with
2: that. I think he did okay.
0: He's very wooden. Watch it again. I
1: like Val Kilmer.
0: No, watch it. Watch it again, right? And tell me how wooden he is. Yeah, so I it like was. I'm and he is <laughs> <laughs>
2: you weren't anymore so who was the first one what was his name
0: again Michael Keaton
2: Michael Keaton he was good I Keaton, yeah, Keaton. Right. and then who did number two then wasn't that Val Kilmer no it was no. Keaton again
0: was Keaton did number two Batman Returns did he yeah I like Jim Carrey as
1: well he was in the, no, yeah, the yeah. he's yeah. Jim, yeah. the only good
0: thing about he's Batman he's the only good thing ever. about that film to- even Tommy Lee Jones who plays Two-Face in that movie yeah He's just a cackling idiot. Yeah, he and was. they literally, uh, uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Batman Forever, sorry, it's been out for like fucking nearly 30 years. <laughs> but they literally break into Bruce Wayne's mansion, shoot him, graze his head, he falls down the stairs, he's knocked unconscious, and Two-Face puts a gun at his head, and he's like, oh, well, here we go, I'm going to kill Batman. And Jim Carrey goes, no, 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 don't kill him. He won't no, learn. He anything. won't learn anything. Like, <laughs> you literally have the the, the the whole point of you being you need to kill Batman. Then the city's yours. And he's unconscious on the floor. You've got a gun to his head. If I'm two-faced You let him right? live so we can learn from his mistakes. No, yeah. No, what I do is I punch Jim Carrey's Riddler in the face, shoot him in the face, and then shoot Batman in the head.
1: <laughs> Cause then
0: all my problems are solved and I'm running Gotham and I'm uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> he has to flick the
0: coin, though, doesn't he? You know what? Flick it again until you get the result you want. That's what he usually does. <laughs> oh, so Val Kilmer did three. No, yeah, number
2: three, yeah. And who did four? That's well, That's George Clooney. Was Clooney. And do
3: you know why it went so campy from the dark Tim Burton set of films? Mm. Because McDonald's is a promotion with Batman Returns, and. When the film came out, apparently the penguin scared the shit out of all kids. Yeah. Yeah, he's a scary oh, he girl, yeah, man. especially when the black goo was coming out of his mouth at the end. Yeah, and it just caused an uproar in America. Said it was too dark for kids, and and First they were like, "Oh well, was quite dark, wasn't it?" Yeah.
0: Well, it wasn't quite as dark as it's the Joker second. Joker
2: when he falls into the pit of. Uh, yes, yeah, not the second. It's no, the dark. second
0: one's a lot darker than yeah, the first. I it is. But I watched the first one
2: in the cinema as a as like an eight, seven, eight year old kid, and I remember being a bit like. It's when he when he fucking fries the guy with the yeah um, the yeah, yeah, with yeah yeah when he shakes his hand that's quite. It like is quite a dark
3: film, and it is, yeah. but as I was gonna say, that was even darker. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, obviously, they were like, oh, we're not going to sell any toys if, it, if it's not for kids, so they made it more campy, like the 60s. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, it was fucking mean, oh, Good oh. tangent.
0: I know it's a controversial <laughs> opinion, but I'm, I'm going with it. Anyway, in 2004, he also died. At the time of his arrival in 1990, he looked like he did in 1943, a 36-year-old pilot in the prime of his life. He died old. His body had aged half a century during his 10 years in the United States. Now, according to American reports, the German capsule could not protect the parts from cosmic radiation, and it's generally doubtful that this development was launched into orbit, with the strange signs, the accelerating ageing, and in fact the appearance of the device based on the V-2 with the coat of arms of the Luftwaffe in 1990, cannot be attributed to forgery. As it becomes clear, the question of what their mission was is becoming more and more important and relevant because the question of where the capture has been with the Nazi astronauts for these long years and why it seemed that they were sent into space just before the day before. Oh, that's tragic, isn't it? That's, tra- that's a question. It's fascinating. <laughs> why? Uh, you sounded like Alan Partridge then. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Hmm. You want space weapons? Yep. Alright, so what do we think of that? What do you think of those claims? Bollocks.
1: Pretty much. I don't um, know, I think
2: it's bollocks. I just think it's somebody that's got a lot of imagination taken from films and shit like that. He's just amalgamating
0: them into this. Do you cool. think that they tried to get people up there let they started small...
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I reckon those three pilots were three pilots that they tried to get up there. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. I wonder what happens if you type in their names in Google, whether anything comes up about them.
0: That's a valid point. I never tried that.
2: What's the names? As we're talking, I'll do a little bit of background research like I do every week.
0: <laughs> no, I think that they definitely tried it, And I think if they'd have won, I think they'd have got the... Boris Sigma. Holland, Sigmar, Heinrich, Vaughan, should Steinberg the first men in space, potentially. Yeah, I'm up
3: for that. can totally believe that that's something they might have been doing, and they got very close to it. Well, they They've were doing succeeded. everything else,
1: weren't they? Yeah. Nazis so, had their fingers in everything.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> had their fingers in a lot of pies, those cheeky Nazis. Mm-hmm. They it? The only thing I'm coming up finding on here... Is the, the same research. bullshit
2: here, yeah, probably. No, <laughs> no, not even that. I've put in a whole Sigma, mm. and literally the only thing that's come up is a Sigma, which is something in 40k. Wow. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Age um, of Sigma. I'll try different names
3: Enric Vol. But as for pilots travelling in time, and then suddenly when they reappear, they start aging really quickly, I'm not having that. No. That's bullshit. No. Sorry. <laughs> it's a story, but.
0: I like it, <laughs> but I, I am genuinely down for the fact they tried that shit, because they never really cared too much about life, did they? Killed three of best pirates, well, there'll be others.
1: Even if they did find these guys
0: in the Atlantic, in the, in in a, the
1: Atlantic they said that the,
0: it wasn't space worthy anyway, the, the vessel that they were in. Yeah. So. That's true, but did they hit a wormhole or something?
3: No. no. I mean it's possible, but really fucking slim.
0: Was it mixed with the occult and mysticism the Nazis so loved? Did they have reptilian help? Again, it's going into realms of fantasy again, isn't it? No. The reptilians could be behind it all. I think the reptilians had a pact with the Nazis. Apparently, that's a theory. The reptilians had a pact with the Nazis, gave them tech. Well, send three. your best win the
1: war then.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's always the, that's always the counter argument, isn't Because they could because they're on their arse at this point, and they couldn't produce it quick enough. So the reptilians will like,
3: we'll send three of your best pilots into the future. Yeah. Oh, okay. But when they get there, they're going to age rapidly and, and die really quickly. No,
0: they could have just like back engineered it wrong, or something went wrong, or something. I don't know. Could have happened.
2: I'm not finding anything on any of these nah, guys. Nah, that's it is, it
3: really is. <laughs> I genuinely think it is just bollocks. I mean, the secret archives of the SD. Now, how do we know that the sources aren't bollocks? I mean, we've you no know, evidence of these, of these files, have we? No, no, I guess not. It's just someone just put it in to make it look like it was
0: sure. from oh, a. Okay. You know, a respectable are you, source. Are you saying that www.mysterioussociety.com is telling us lies?
3: That sums it up about right now.
0: <laughs> well, the fact that they, I think that they were pushing towards a space programme is the main point to take away from here. I think that really they were going to have a good go at it, and if they'd have won, I think they'd have done it. I think they have, have got to the moon before yeah. 1969. Yep. Everyone in agreement with that, at least? Right, so let's talk about the V2 because it is important. It is literally the daddy of all rocketry, or all modern rocketry. Which mm-hmm. my, Richard, my a guy called Richard Hollingham for the BBC because he's the, um, the character of his father used to tell at the start. And so on a sunny morning, we'll quote him 1944 My father, then a teenager, was waiting on a train at Cromer railway station on the coast of eastern England. It was a beautiful, clear day, and from the railway platform, so high with the town, he could see across the calm sea to the to the German-occupied Holland. On the horizon, I saw three streaks go up in the air and disappear into the stratosphere, he recalls, quoting him. I'm quite certain that these were V-2 rockets being launched to crash somewhere where I don't know. These things were launch a mobile units, although mobile is um, pushing it. It was a big truck with a missile on it, with <laughs> yeah. a, a little convoy of trucks carrying the t stuff and the s stuff. Right and the support stuff and the crew it would take like a couple of hundred guys to launch these things so mobile so it wasn't it, like the V2 tanks in Command Conquer it's based on that but you're talking like a three or four hour turnaround you've got spare missiles as well I remember following this convoy which had to be and a crane to put it on the launch truck which then lifted it up mm. and it fired so yes in theory yes you're right but it's, they were fucking annoying but they were because they take out all your infantry. <laughs> <I> <laughs> yeah. Not them, to be
3: <laughs> yeah, it was just
0: like a big old, big ass fucking yeah, based on yeah, a
2: missile. Yeah, basically missile. I might remember. It I took know.
3: out your own troops, didn't it? It did. It did. It spared it, nobody. And uh, sometimes it would just like fire at one guy, just shooting at it
0: instead of like the three or four tanks. Mm-hmm. They could be taken out by a single rifleman or virtually because yeah, if they, had no it, they missed the yeah. missile. Then he would just sit there and shoot it, and the time it took for it to reload, it took like a couple of minutes, game time for it to reload, the infantryman would have nearly killed it. <laughs> just one guy shooting in a truck. But each V-2 rocket was 14 metres, that's 46 feet high, and carried a 1 tonne, or 900 kilograms, of explosive warhead. The first attack on London on 8th of September 1944 gouged... A crater 10 metres, that's 32 feet across, killed three people and injured 22. The government doesn't admit there's V2s until there's much later. Mm. Because you've had the V1s, and they were like a crude bomb, like a missile with wings and and a rocket engine on the back. And we'll get to them a little bit later, but I'll explain more. But they were about 600 miles an hour, and they could be shot down by aircraft, or the Spitfire could actually go alongside it, and use its wing to just tip the V2's wing uh-huh. which would send it sparring off course.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So the Mustang could do it, but let's face it, the Spitfire's a better plane. It's got a <laughs> cooler name for a start and a nicer, it's nicer looking. Uh, hey, well, unlike the v- aircraft uh, or the V2's predecessor, the V1, as I just explained, you had a bit of warning with it because you'd hear the engine and then it cut out. Mm-hmm. So you knew it was someone, unless you were underneath it, you knew it wasn't the you. <laughs> <laughs> You'd hear it, and then it go... and just drop. Right. As the V2 kind of plowed into the earth. Uh. This was a new type of weapon, crashing and exploding without warning in target cities such as London, Norwich, Paris, Lille, and Antwerp. It did take five minutes from launch to landing. That's not bad. So if you're firing from... Probably deep in Germany at this point, or certainly in Belgium when you're firing at London. You said f- Holland, yeah, he did. Yeah, they're firing from Holland to London, yeah? Yeah. Five minutes. It's not bad,
1: is it? No. How fast are they going? I've got
0: some good range. Oh, we'll get there. I think there's some text stuff. To quote the author's dad, suddenly there was a large bang in a road nearby and a great cloud of debris was thrown up in the air and that was the v2 rocket it was a terror weapon you didn't hear it arriving it was just there and bang now more than 1300 v2s were fired at england and as allied forces advanced hundreds more were targeted in belgium and france although there is no exact figure estimates suggest that several thousand people were killed by the missiles 2724 in britain alone and but a far grimmer statistic that many more, at least twenty thousand, died constructing the V twos themselves.
3: What? Twenty thousand died constructing it.
0: Yeah, they were slave labourers taken from concentration camps. You could weld, weld till you're dead. Yeah, pretty much. They had specific yeah. skills to assemble this thing. And that's what I say about von Braun. It's like, yeah, he was a genius he was the father of the space program absolutely admittedly. but he's still a member of the SS and he still knew how his rockets were being made yes. he knew this was that he knew 20,000 people died making these things he knew they had slave labourers still went ahead and did it I mean alright yes if he'd have turned around and said no I'm not going to he'd have just been replaced and arrested and probably kept alive but his family would be held hostage you can't shoot a guy like Von Braun he's yeah. too clever
2: they don't, they don't tell you about that so much though, do they, the fact that it was all done by slave labour, like They talk about it, but yeah, you don't think about the fact that yeah, they were all created by Yeah. Poor souls that Yeah. Not
1: much death has gone into making the bomb Madden. that's gonna cause more death, isn't
0: it? That's it. So the prisoners, yeah, like I said, they were pulled from concentration camps to so their technical skills, such as welding. And when you've got like six million, well, how many hundred thousand people in a fucking concentration camp at any one time? Yeah. Thousand. Someone's going to know how to do something. There's always, it's, going to be a, it's an entire society put into a camp.
3: Yeah. Yeah, there's
2: going to be plenty of welders in there.
0: That's it. it would be like, Happening in Britain today, and they go, We need forklift drivers. Me and Pete have to go and work for them for 12 hours, driving a forklift for 18 hours a day. We had slightly better food and better conditions.
3: it just gassed me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm useless to anybody.
0: <laughs> but until we just worked to death, basically. i just run them all over my forklift accidentally. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no one would be near you, and they'd have like machine guns trained on you. Yeah. They lived in appalling conditions with no daylight, little sleep, food or proper sanitation. And Many were executed for attempted sabotage and that is true. Some of these guys knew what they were doing, building these things, and didn't try to sabotage them so they would fear off or go wrong. They yeah, did with
2: weaponry, didn't they? They yeah. sabotaged ammunition and that. Because they were stupid enough to be trusted to make it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Eyewitness accounts describe prisoners as being hanged from cranes above the rocket assembly lines. There's your deterrent, isn't it? Mm.
3: There's your perturbation.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But despite his complicity in the conditions of Mittelberg, the engineer who designed the V2, Werner von Braun, came to be fetid as a hero of the space age. The Allies realised that the V2 was a machine unlike anything they'd developed themselves. At the heart of the V2 was a powerful motor capable of taking the rocket more than 80 kilometres, that's 50 miles, above the Earth, in a trajectory of some 190 kilometres, or 120 miles, fuelled by liquid ethanol and oxygen, it was much more sophisticated than anything built before, and effectively the world's first space rocket.
2: OK, so it's not quite from Hungary to uh, London in five minutes, then.
0: Oh, you're not doing Hungary to London, no. You're doing, like, Belgium to London, Holland to London, though. Is so we're hitting London from there. Yeah,
2: I suppose, yeah, you'd just get it, wouldn't you?
0: One of the most important new technologies developed for the V-2 was an automatic guarding system which operated independently of controllers on the ground with the destination programmed into the onboard analog computer. Once a rocket was in flight its gyroscopes would continuously track the craft's position in three dimensions and any deviations in course and rudders fitted to the fins on the side of the rocket would automatically adjust the heading and trajectory to keep it on target. So this is some really advanced tech for the time. Mm. No one else has got and this. And now we've got gyroscopes in our phones. Mm. Yeah. My God. Now, not surprisingly, when the war ended, the Americans, Soviets and British scrambled to get their hands on V2 technology. And with no desire to work for Stalin, von Braun made a shrewd decision to surround the Americans while the Russians got their hands on the V2 factory and test range. So this is what the Russians actually got ahead, is they got a lot of the stuff, or the majority yeah. of the stuff, the Americans and the Brits, we got some stuff, but we got a lot more scientists. A lot of the scientists didn't want to work for the Russians because they're Nazis, they're communists.
2: They weren't far different,
0: were they, really? Mm. I guess.
3: Well, they saw the Slavic people as less than them, didn't they? they did. And, so,
0: well, we'd rather, and they knew they'd be treated better by the Americans uh, you know, and the Brits because we're a Western democracy and we don't believe in slave labour ourselves.
2: About the Americans in that at the time they still believed in the slave labor, didn't they? Let's well technically so goes on in
3: prisons, but that's for another story for the day.
0: Well, so both the Americans and the Soviets took the V twos to bits to decipher their workings, as Millard who wrote a book about it. The Soviets completely recreated a V two and the Americans took them over to America to launch and carry out some of the first upper atmosphere experiments. However, the US knew it wasn't the hardware that was important, as the men behind it, and they had von Braun, who was the daddy of this. Yeah. He's the guy that's he's Germany's top guy. I cannot overestimate in which he is the top guy at this field. Although the military's priority was to develop intercontinental ballistic missiles, obviously, because then you can drop an A-bomb on someone. I'm going to use a bomber to do it, then, aren't you? Yeah. No. Can't stop these at this point. Too fast. The German engineer now had the opportunity to pursue his dreams of space flight, and that is true. He his ambition and all of this, deep down was he wanted to get people into space. He wanted mm-hmm. to get the men to the moon. He always, I think he wrote that as a kid, that was his ambition. Obviously he used this to get there, which is the problem, isn't it? So the moon, the whole human space travel was always mired in blood for even start properly. Not by yeah. slave neighbors, yeah. yeah i one of the most brutal regimes that ever ruled the planet. yep yeah. Or ever ruled on the planet. You know, we got to the moon using the V two tech and it was developed with massive resources and some very, very grim ones. So that's sadly the legacy of the space race, just put a donor on it. But yeah, it all comes from, from the V two. Mm. This is world end of World War Two, which is which is crazy. Yeah. Do you think how far we've come in such a short time? Probably because I now have got tech off the aliens.
1: <laughs>
0: let's look at some stuff they actually did or attempt, because Wunderwaffe, they, they had some... Because they, they were so advanced, that's the thing. They, they had all these advances, but they frittled away their resources instead of just using shit that worked. They tried to make this and using the next step. They went straight to space age. <laughs> all right, so let's have a look at some of the stuff they tried to develop. Trafalgar, a thrust wing hunter. There's a picture of it now for the listeners. It looks like a, basically a V2 rocket with helicopter blades on it around yeah. the middle. But each of these blades holds is got a jet engine. Fucking hell, that's mental. So it's vertical takeoff. <laughs> They'd be upright on their tail. Right. The, the rocket boost off the bottom, of the engine, the main engine, and then these three things would spin around firing up into the air and it worked it got up into the air Never. it worked like a helicopter but the problem was can't fucking land them
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to look over your shoulder you can't land them there's no way they could land it but they they tried it they figured out they couldn't work this is it was on the day yard prototypes why Messerschmitt. this one got into production they made 400 of these the Messerschmitt me 163 comet it was a rocket powered fighter that could reach speeds of over 1,000 kilometres an hour. Wow. 300 were built for development. I've heard four in the European Combat Theatre. Rapid fuel consumption and limited area of operation made the comet only capable of localised point defence missions. So you have a.
1: Sure basically. What? That
0: looks like, well, that looks like Cosford.
2: Possibly is. And I think that is. I do think that is actually Cosford because they do have a few of the Nazi planes there, don't
0: they? I think they do have a Comet. I've been there. I think, I think they've got recently, one of them at, which just up the road <laughs> from us. Now I've there is one of these. This thing is a, basically the entire rocket with a pilot and some guns on it. Mm. And they fire this up. You see the trolley and the wheels underneath mm. on the picture. You can go and check this out. list of the ME613 Comet. They would fall away at the takeoff, They were not attach the plane. Okay. The sled was, the wheels weren't. Mm. Yeah, they weren't meant to land. Really. So you'd fire up at a thousand kilometres an hour, you'd get some shots off, you've got about eight minutes of fuel, then your thrust dies, you're a steer for home, and it's got big wings, it's delta winged, and it glides its way back under no power,
3: mm. and
0: you've got a sled to land on. Fuck. Yeah. Right? And you've still got some possible fuel dotted around in the engine which may can bust at any time and melt your face. <laughs> You have balls of steel to get one there. You have. The major problem is because you're gliding back with no power, you have then really easy meat for high fighters who've let you have your eight minutes of glory and now are going to shoot you down. They got like eight confirmed kills or something like that. Is that it? That's it. Uh, The three to four hundred were built. Now, this one's from the Sverre Gustav, a railway gun. It's a gun so big you stick it on a railway. It's basically a naval gun. Wow, handsome. Yeah, it's got a thirty-two point five meter barrel and can fire shells at almost forty-seven kilometers away. Oh, oh. Thing is, you've got no traverse. So what you'd have to do is you have to have people who come along and put in, you know, the railway turntables, Or they'd have to use one of it's those. So the, where you go onto different tracks, the train or lo- the locomotive will come on the track. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be spun around to face a different bit of track. Okay. And then it'll reverse or go forward to line up to the carriages. Okay. To get onto different tracks. It turns the entire yeah, yeah. thing. And it locks together. You seen Thomas the Tank?
3: Well, funny. I was about to say
0: <laughs> I didn't pay attention to the tracks. Yeah. <laughs> so they would build one of them around it. Mm. Or they'd use an the existing one so it could pivot to turn. But yeah. What would the targeting be like on that for 47 kilometres? Um, you'd hate it, hope.
3: Yeah, Oh, they're using
0: them at the siege of Sevastopol on the Eastern Front. They used it to shell Paris back in World War One. They said the Germans got a hard on for railway guns. Basically, they had them in World War One too, and they built the Nazis. Obviously, had to fucking go a bit bigger. Mm. But you're looking at a, a shell roughly about the size of a telephone box ish. Oh. Oh. But you think of the logistics train this had behind it, and it gonna fire one round an hour. <laughs> So what, you'd have to do is what they would do is they would usually like to operate it out of a tunnel. Mm. So you'd pull forwards, raise the gun, get it loaded and everything, fire a shot and then get as quickly as possible, because you've got marauding Allied fighters around, lower the gun, get it back in, into the tunnel, reload it.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Come out again in a bit. One an hour though,
3: it's useless, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Unless you had like a hundred of them. Yeah, but you can't, this is a logistics train. Yeah. It's, just, it's like... It's taking like a couple of hundred, maybe three to four hundred guys to fire this thing for one shot an hour.
3: It's not worth
0: it, is it? No. Nah. no good That's why they didn't catch
3: on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. This one's an interesting one. You may recognize it from the picture. It's very, it's
2: like the stealth bomber.
0: Yes, yeah, so it looks exactly yeah. like the B2 Spirit American current stealth bomber. The Horton XV, sorry, HX15. Sorry, HHX, HX8. Get my mobile numerals mixed up. Wouldn't
2: it be an eight? Yeah, X- eight. No, it H- is the is HX. H- 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 H-
0: I've heard it. it's, it's a hx H. H- Okay. It was a concept intercontinental bomber designed by the brothers Walter and Reinhard Horton, who were Luftwaffe officers. The aircraft was supposed as part of an initiative of the German Ministry of Aviation, the Reichsluftfahrt Ministerium, <laughs> called America Bomber. To obtain a long-range strategic bomber for the Luftwaffe that will be capable of striking the United States from Germany, these things are made of wood as well. So you had limited radar huh. bounce back. If they'd have had these in the Battle of Britain, mm-hmm. they'd have won. They'd have taken out our radar stations. We wouldn't have seen them coming. So they really
2: are the absolute inspiration to for these the
0: stealth, stealth bomber. And they did build a prototype, and it sat in the Smithsonian for a long time in a back room with its wings off. Huh? What? This one's also good, the Mouse, the Panzerkampfwagen 8. Oh, the Panzerkampfwagen? Yeah, they called it the Mouse because it's the biggest tank ever made. The Kampfwagen? <laughs> <laughs> I love the German language. <laughs> the Panzerkampfwagen 8 Mouse, named ironically, was a super heavy breakthrough tank designed to punch holes in enemy lines with a 128mm. Pack 44 anti-tank field artillery gun. Is that big? <laughs> yes, that's very big. Because in the biggest gun they mounted in the normal tank, the Tiger was an 88mm. So Like a mammoth
3: tank. Yes. Going back to Command &
0: Conquer. Except the mammoth tank has two of those. Yeah. <laughs> those little missiles it fires off anti... It does, anti missiles, out, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was designed by Austrian-German engineer Ferdinand Porsche. Mm. And two tr- prototypes were developed between 1933 and 1944. They were deployed, but most of them broke down. Their engines were terrible, and most were destroyed by their crew. There is one example left, as you can see. Most of them
3: were destroyed by their crew?
0: Yeah, because they'd broken down. They couldn't let it fall into Russian hands, so they'd every tank comes with a demolition charge. You, <laughs> there's a timer, and you set mm-hmm. it. Because you, you can't let it fall into enemy hands, because they might turn it back against you. Yeah. Yeah. Every tank has a demolition charge to blow up from the inside. What? Didn't know that.
1: Well,
0: I didn't know that either. Yeah. The Arado A two three four Blitz, the first jet-powered bomber introduced into combat theatre by 1944. It could reach a speed of 780 kilometers an hour and operate well above Allied fighters' range and altitude of 11,000 meters. So it's going a lot faster, and it can't. The Allied fighters can't get as high.
2: That's about the same height as a jumbo jet nowadays. About 37,000 feet.
0: Yeah. Obviously, Ooh. limited numbers. The fact we were bombing them round the clock, they couldn't get this stuff into production.
3: I was going to say, cause it sounds pretty good, that one. Yeah. Of all the ones we've had that one, sounds like the most effective.
0: And so, of course, you remember the Allies introduced the Gladiator and the Meteor. Sorry, the Meteor first. Was it? Shit. It was a Gladiator, it was a Gloucester Gladiator, sorry. And we... Introduced that as the first jet fighter. We got that up in 1945. So, let's say the war lasted another year, those things might have been able to get caught, but maybe not. You got an advance on it. One of the FX 1400, world's first cruise missile, radio guided, precision guided anti ship glide bomb, They're designed to take out cruisers and battleships. They did strike successfully on British naval and merchant vessels. I
1: like the look of that one.
0: Yeah, it looks neat, doesn't it? Mm. First cruise missile: the Heinschel HS two yeah. nine eight rocket-powered mid-wing monoplane air-to-air missile system. So you're using missiles now, guided air-to-air missiles. It's like Pinocchio, know. that one of those,
1: isn't it?
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like one of them. Is it a swordfish? A, a fish,
0: yeah. 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 A sword Not a swordfish. They got like a no.
1: Finfisher.
0: Mm. Yeah, like a narwhal. The big horn on its yeah, head. Yeah, I was thinking of
3: something else, but yeah.
0: Or a kingfisher we cool. What's about the ME262 first jet fighter? Downed 542 Allied aircraft after being deployed in nineteen forty four. That's not bad for a a year's oh. worth operating with limited parts. I mean remember primitive jet engines have to be taken apart after like every mission rebuilt mm-hmm. virtually. Why? Because it was just the strains and stresses, the metals, uh, the alloys inside were, there's a lot of heat. Mm-hmm. Looks like a paper airplane, that one. They did have the technology to make better parts to last longer, basically. Yeah. So you have to re- replace most of the engine after like a good few hours flight. Good but, as I say with all jet engines, jet engines are terribly destructive. They require a lot of maintenance. Fuck me. Even commercial flights. The alloys are better nowadays, but they still <laughs> require a lot of maintenance. <laughs> Genuinely. I'd imagine they're thoroughly looked over after every long haul flight. It does make you wonder how many more planes just don't fight like the sky. It's amazing, isn't it? Mm.
3: It's one of the safest forms of travel. M-
0: maintenance. Mm. That's what it boils down to. We've got commercial flight pretty sussed. We know what a plane has to be like for it to arrive safely. Yeah, alright, things do go wrong now and again, but that's usually human or very rarely mechanical errors Mm. on planes, though, isn't it? Mm. Might lose an engine, I mean, alright, that's. that's,
2: Gremlins?
3: That's
0: that's, (laughs) that's gremlins, exactly! Got no flanges. There's something on the wing. (laughs) Uh,
2: The flanges are missing.
0: Yeah, there's a flange missing. Now the Arado uh, E-555 was a contender for the Ministry of Asia's America Bomber Initiative. It would have featured six jets, flying angular wing design, and remotely operated defensive turrets. So that's yeah. going to fire its way to America, drop a bomb, and get back.
1: Looks well sinister.
0: Does doesn't well, it? Carl Garant, also called the Moser Carl, was a large software like siege mortar. The mortar was capable of finding shells so of 2,170 kilograms at targets 10 kilometers away. Jesus.
2: That's a big tank. Two and a bit tons. Wow. That's quite a fucking, it's quite a shell. A shell's two, two and a half two ton.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't so know, we'll do The barrel was, was a
1: bit small.
0: Mortar in it, it's different. Oh. You know, they did the mouse. They also had this idea, they were going to call the Ratter, it was going to be a, a Landkreuzer, it was going to be like a land battleship. 1,000 tonnes could oh. carry a dual 28 centimetre SKC slash 34 naval gun turret. And several anti-aircraft guns. It was suggested by German armours manufacturer Friedrich Krupp for it was... Cancelled in ni- early 1943 by Spear, who saw it as a complete waste of resources. <laughs> it is very but sort of... It was, it was put on the drawing ostentatious, board. Ostentatious, isn't it? It was like, let have a thousand-ton tank. with Naval guns. Mm-hmm. Fuck it. They're just trying to outdo each other and that, isn't
1: it? Yeah. It is a big boys' game. All you got, got to do is... Money flowing around. I'm disappointed well, I
2: didn't see no, like, lightning guns, though.
0: Yeah, sorry, they never... I mean, one thing we have missed off the start on the list, of course, the assault rifle, the STG 44, mm. they made it in secret. Hitler didn't like it at first, and they made it in secret because they knew it was ace. Mm. And when he went to his Russian generals and said, Oh, well, his Rus- his generals fighting on the Russian front, even, and said, What do you want? And one of them says, Oh, well, I want more of these new rifles, they're fucking awesome. And he's like, What new rifles? And they show it to him, and he's like, oh, actually, this is quite good, isn't it? All right, put it into production. I'm going to call it the Sturm or the assault rifle because it was fully automatic. Uh, That's where Klashnikov ripped his off his idea from the uh, German. So yeah, there you go. Is that the first
3: assault
0: rifle was it? Yeah, the first one, and it's got. It looks exactly like an AK-47, virtually. Except very similar, more, aren't they? The ultimate symbol of communism is actually a Nazi rip-off. <laughs> And the V3 cannon, to end the Vengeance or Retribution Weapon 3, was a large calibre gun that fired propellant charges to increase the velocity of a project to of miles. Now, this thing wasn't one barrel. It was one big barrel with little V-shaped points pointing upwards, like chevrons pointing upwards along the length. Those had rockets. This was powered by rockets, the shell. They would fire down, propelling the shell up, and as the shell passed each one... That, in turn, would fire.
1: Mm.
0: These, this is built into a, a hill. There's going to be a complex of them. Uh, obviously, the British intelligence got word of it and was like, nah, you don't have any of that. Hmm. It was designed to shell London from the French coast, so we bombed the shit out of it. <laughs> it was built into a mountain, literally, and then, even when we made sure we occupied it, and double destroyed it to make sure the French had no bargaining power over uh, us at all. Yeah, but yeah, it was. Just, they did actually use them. They built smaller ones into uh, as they were retreating and fired into Belgium and Holland. Indiscriminate shelling from fairly large calibers, uh, battleship level, cruiser level, definitely. So he's talking sort of eight to nine inch caliber. The London one was like a battleship level. He went fourteen inch
3: vengeance and
0: retribution canon. if they'd spent less time trying to develop mad shit like this and actually put their effort into producing their stuff that was really good and that worked and was superior to anything the Allies could put in the field in most areas apart from probably in the air well, depends how quickly the American aircraft and British jet aircraft came on but you put putting mouses into the field 100 tonnes Allied tanks taking that out no, no, The jet aircraft, which is light years, ahead, well, at least a good five years ahead of us. Mm. The weapon, they're mental. They just, they just put stuff into the stuff that worked. Is it that thing with the three rotor wings on <laughs> the jet engines. Here, with it was mental. Wasn't
2: it the Vulcan at 1954? Was that, like, first jet?
0: That, no, that was part of V-Force. So we had the Victor and Valiant before Vulcan. We were one of the first ones to get the jet fighters into the air. Mm. The Americans came is in the year only after. Was that the first after.
2: jet bombers then?
0: Was it the well, I, no. four we, 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 jet. We pro- I think we had a few. Oh God, I can't remember what they were called. I remember it was the first of something. <laughs> no, because it was like we went from the heavy bomber with the Avro Manchester after the Lancaster. This is really nerdy history stuff now. Sorry, listener. Forget we're recording. We're having a general conversation. You went know, the Avro Manchester was Britain's last four-winged heavy bomber with propellers. foot four-propeller winged heavy bomber. And then we went to I think it was the Victor, and then the oh, the Valiant, and then the Victor. One of the two. Vulcan was the third one, at, the last one out the lot. So we had the Victor and the Valiant before. Mm. There's V Force. We used to call our nucle- that's what We used to call our nuclear deterrent Force V yeah. Force.
1: So the Nazis, they uh, were the Nazis. Were so like an aid to their sort of own downfall by wanting to do too much, you know, sort of such, such ideas of grandeur, you watch yeah. Nazi mega structures. I love Nazi know, mega structures. You know, and they've got this going on. You know, I think uh, they bit
2: off more than they could chew, basically. Yeah, basically. Fucked yeah. themselves over in the same breath, basically. Well, did you are
0: spending two billion likes marks on V2s, which are at this stage, of the war really hard to make. They consume a lot of other resources. Kill lots of slaves. Killed lo- well. The, the slaves don't matter to them. That's well. A, well that's, I suppose they
2: had many more, didn't
0: they? That's it. There's a never-ending supply of them. It doesn't matter. You could be making tiger tanks, which well, was clearly were You could be making measurements. It was just this superiority thing, wasn't it? This ego thing. Mm. But that also drove them on to make better stuff than we were producing. That's why we won. We made more stuff that was good. Rather Quick. than fewer stuff that was really good, yeah, and kind of overwhelmed them. But yeah, the war had lasted another year, and we weren't hitting them as hard. I think, I think they might have got some of that shit into the air. I think it was um, military decisions. to oh, print, the Russian thing was
3: the break the Soviet Nazi pact, the von Ribbentrop pact. I mean, that was its downfall, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. He got bogged down in Russia in the Russian winter.
0: No-one can conquer Russia, it's too big. Yeah. It takes well, like, too
3: he long. He was 30 miles in Moscow, wasn't he? He was, he but then the Russian... to go to the, oil fields.
0: Yeah, but also the Russian winter kicked in yeah. at that point, and... Yeah.
3: And also the Americans joined the war. That's also another factor. As much as we hate to admit it, they did... bail us out a bit.
0: They did, but also they couldn't have won it without us.
3: No.
2: They could have joined a bit earlier and saved a few lives, but hey ho.
3: Well, <laughs> always late to the party, the Yanks and they <laughs> clean it up. Just take
0: all the and they take the all the
3: credit. credit. Yeah, <laughs> we put all the dog work in, and they come in. It's and just clean a it. great
0: British victory from coming behind and to win in extra time. You know.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like I said, it was mainly the Russians and the Americans.
0: The Russians cool. are one it without the Western allies, anyway. They'd have got there, it doesn't matter if we'd have just sat in Britain looking threatening and launching raids, we'd have had to keep large forces based around there. And even though we promised to invade and we so therefore we had to, if we'd have just raided and sniped at them for the war would have lasted longer, but the Russians would have done that eventually. Is my opinion. Might have took another year, another two. But the Russians would have got there eventually. If we and then maybe we sauntered in at the end, which is, Surprised the West didn't do, actually. Just sorted it at the end after the Germans were completely fucked.
3: Well, that was it. Like, the Russians wanted us in earlier. You did? They wanted it in forty-three. Yeah. And we kept delaying it and delaying it. And they took millions and millions of casualties.
0: Yeah, because we knew that our... Conscript well, we darkness...
3: Did, well, we, so we, we, really we didn't really care about the Russians because they were going communism anyway. Let them fight out the Nazis well, we're, for a bit. See, see
0: who's left. Yeah, and then we'll pick up the pieces. That's what it was, really, wasn't it?
1: Yeah.
0: It was an, uh, an alliance of convenience. We did give the Russians a lot of free shit, too. Well, yeah, we helped, didn't we? Yeah. You yeah, know, we. Wanted
3: them to win, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah,
0: we win, didn't it? Well, of course, yeah. It was, it, was, it was an
2: alliance of but convenience. We wanted them to win easily, I guess. 50 years later, mate, we gave them McDonald's. Come on.
0: One more McDonald's. Oh, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Oops. They're all <laughs> yeah. local bankers. <laughs> Have a big Joe Stalin meal <laughs> 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 and big Putin. <laughs> Russian burger for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that's the end. So I think yeah. we can all agree that uh, history, yeah, mad history, time travel, politics—it's all there. It's all wrapped up into one neat little package.
2: I've seen it all before.
0: <laughs> anyway, let's say thank you for listening. I've been Ben. Don't do the favorite don't do Don't join a cult. And you can follow us on Facebook at Control the Bull in the Post to the Apocalypse. SoundCloud is Control the Bull in the PTA. YouTube is Apocalypse Bull. Hit the subscribe button. It means nothing to you. It's a one little click. Could mean a lot to us. We can improve the quality of the sound and stuff like that. Get some more microphones. Invest yeah. a bit more in the production. 80, one click. Tell your friends as well. Have a listen. Right, that's me. OK, I've
3: been Mike. Thanks for listening. Peace out. May the force be with you. And I've been Claire, keeping an open mind, but not so open that it ripples out
1: your
3: ears. I've been Pete.
1: Game over, man. It's game over. Yeah.